0: Awesome. Here we go. Dominion Sandship Life coming to you. It's a big message. It's really the theme of our life, the theme of our Christian life. And the title I believe the Lord led me to to give to this segment of Revelation is Now Rest is Now rest is. And I, I thought how, how smart God is to, to put it this way, because we're so familiar of the Hebrews 11, one reference, now faith is. And so when we say now faith is, and at that moment we think, okay, I got to attain to something now. Now I got to work to get faith. Now, now, now faith is, yes, I've heard the message on that at some point. And so that moment we really are tuning out from that which the Lord wants to communicate. So when he gives a creative little title with now rest is it, he kind of gets our attention. So let's go to Hebrews chapter four. Now rest is. And as I was meditating this, this message, I thought rest is only now. It's only in the now. Now. Rest is now. And I thought of how, how upside down it is really in the world where you think, you know, at the end of my work day, I'm going to go home and rest. Uh, summer is around the corner. I have two weeks vacation. I'm going to rest. And so it's almost like you got to slug it out until you get to this place called rest. And with God, God is now. And God is my Sabbath day rest. He is my perpetual place of trust. So no matter how intense it might be on the external and that I will be found in the press always to be attaining, to be attaining to the life of Christ really within me, to really unlock and unblock everything that has marred my perception of divine reality. There's always the press and there's always what we call the works of faith that now now I know I am in God, now I know I am in rest and so no matter what it looks like there's a constant reality of Christ in me the hope of glory. there's a constant reality almost a situating yourself in your conscious mind of that which you know is true that Jesus now lives in me. Jesus who lives in me? Jesus lives in me. And, and so who does Jesus look like? What does Jesus look like? And it's not that, you know, uh, Sunday school little curriculum cartoon picture of Jesus. Life lives in me. The very word of God lives in me, that abides forever, that doesn't shift, that there's no shadow of turning. He, the Resurrector of life, lives in me. He, the one, the one that walked on the water and calmed the sea, lives in me. Therefore, he in me, he in me, I have already overcome every storm because all I hear from him outward is hush, be still. (laughs) Hush, be still. Hush, be still. And this is really the rest of faith. The rest of faith is to trust that which he has spoken to us. And so often we we catch ourselves and, and it. Uh, I believe we have the right intent because I still say it is like get in the word, read the word. But I think the better way to really say it is eat the word. Eat him up eat, eat a revelation, consume light, receive light. So this is not just a religious book of do's and don't do's. So, okay, my brother, so sorry, sorry, sister, so says, I got to read the Bible, read the Bible. I, I didn't read the Bible today. Again, I didn't. Re- oh, uh, no wonder my life is in the Satan. No, no. We need to scrap that. We are living in him now. He is the living Word of God. And from this revelation, the one thing that we do is we're found abiding in Him who is the Word. And so there is a, a constant draw of the Holy Spirit into the reality of this divine disclosure that is found in the written pages of the Bible. But really, this is beyond what is written in terms of, this is not just letters. This is living life. This is Christ Himself. The one that lives in me is exposed himself to all of me, not just within me, but to the outer man of me. And so the word of God, the Bible, is really to convince your outer man of this divine reality of Christ in you that came to dwell with you, in you, through your new birth. Through your new birth. And so there is a silencing of really a mindset that is a works mindset that I have to do this and I cannot do that 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 I have to I have to go through 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 some portion of scriptures and maybe after three years I after my my reading plan has been done maybe 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 God will show up and speak to me like Sister so and so he speaks to her no. No, there is a liberty that we have, that we find in every single verse. There is an unveiling of divine nature that we are now partakers of. So let's put our eyes here chapter 4 in Hebrews. Therefore, 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 since a promise remains, look at this, his promise remains. His promise doesn't shift and change according to your mood and, and daily uh, attitude. There is a rest that remains, and this, this promise is to enter into his, the promise that remains is to enter into his rest. What a good, good father he is. That there is a promise that remains of entering his rest. He is not barring anyone out. He is not saying it's too late for you. You just messed up too many times. You know, by now you should have entered into the rest. No, there is a perpetual rest that you can enter in right now. It's kind of like situating yourself in the river of the flow of the Holy Spirit. You either are in the river or you're not in the river. And you can only discern the flow of that river, the pull and the push and the navigation when you are in the river. And so it doesn't help me, me being an external observer of living reality. It's this is my river I plunge in. This is the river that is really speaking to me that now there is a rest that remains, a promise to enter it. Let us fear, but look at the next moment. I, 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 love, I love how God brings forth a sobriety right away. God, God is not is not um ah. God is a God of accountability. God is a God of love. And love, love has a a way. And this way is really a way of sobriety. Because right after he says, there is this promise remaining to enter into his rest. He says, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Meaning, even though it remains, the river is right there. We can be mere observers, like James says, to just be mere hearers. Just, just, just check in once in a while. And oh, what a pretty river. Look at that little wave and little ripple. They're having fun in the river. Plunge in. Dive in. Dive in. The very life of God within you. The very life of God in you. Partake of that life. Partake of that living stream of life. Let us not come short of this that remains. Of this that is right there. For And then he gives an example. He gives an example from history. Lest we forget, lest we think we're a lot wiser than they were. Oh, the Israelites of old, they messed up. But this is an admonition to us, lest we mimic the way of disobedience, the way of really unbelief, a hardened heart, a callous heart towards God. Do you know what callouses your heart? is the traditions of man. What calluses your heart is what it's supposed to look like. What calluses your heart is this pretense that you have formulated in your mind of how you're supposed to act and not act. It is not liberty. Liberty is a full surrender to his life within. And it doesn't look like some sort of a a mockery to God, it looks like a full obedience and a full submission to the call of God. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. The word that they heard did not profit them. So here he is giving us an example of, of how now there is this rest that's ever, ever, ever before us. That really is ours. Christ is within me. And how to appropriate is by believing that which we hear. By believing that which we hear. And though it's right there and we are hearing, we can actually refuse to partake of it. We can actually refuse to partake of this rest which remains. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. It didn't, that which they heard, think about it. They heard The scriptures. They heard the word of God. They heard as we are hearing. A distinction was made within their hearing of how they heard, of how they refused to hear. Do you know when someone speaks to you, you have a choice to really hear them or to interpret what they're saying? And so from from our track records of disappointments, from our our little histories of rejections, from our moments of fallen reality, really we can actually give a connotation to someone speaking to us and they did not at all reflect that. And that happens when we hear the word of God. That happens when we're hearing life released towards us. And if we're more familiar with death, if we're more familiar with the fallen nature, if we're more familiar with how wretched I am in my flesh, that, that really counts for nothing. I'll shut out and shun out life. And then this will be applicable as much as to us as it was to them. They didn't mix it with faith. They did not believe what they heard. And I used to think, how how do I mix the message with faith? Okay, Lord, I'm going to, let's go. You go to a Sunday morning message in your local church. You're like, okay, I got my faith and I'm going to mix it up with that which I hear. And you know what the Lord clarified to me? The way you mix it with faith is by removing all the obstacles. All the obstacles that are in the way of that hearing. You know some of the obstacles? You know, some of the obstacles that are in our heart that block the hearing of the word of God. Because you see, within us, we already have the faith of the Son of God. Within us, we already have, like Paul says in, in, in Galatians, I believe. Um, yeah, Galatians 2. that You know, the life that he now lives, he lives. He lives through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that the faith of the Son of God abides in him. So faith is already within me. I have faith. At my new birth, I wouldn't be here if we didn't have faith. But what happens, it can get cluttered. And so in um, Mark 4, I'll just read verse 18. This is regarding the the sower of the word of God and the different grounds. And the one ground that was filled with thorns. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. That is the word sown among thorns. They are the ones, these are the people who hear the word, right? They hear the word. This is Mark 4, 18. They hear the word as the Hebrews of old were hearing the word, as we today are hearing the word. But there was another reality going on inside of them that was choking that which they heard. And what, what was it doing? It was disallowing faith to be activated. It was disallowing faith to be activated. It was disallowing the very life of God to be engaged by more life coming in. And so some of those are the cares of the world. Afraid for your tomorrow. Dreading you yesterday. Today is not working well either. I like this. I don't want to do that the cares of this world issues deceitfulness of riches that's a big one deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and look at it and it becomes unfruitful it becomes unfruitful can you imagine that that's what Hebrews is saying right here. It's not going to profit them. And that word actually, profit, them. another, another, another blocker to allow faith to be mixed with that which you hear that is of life is really the pride of life. I'd say keeping your reputation. And that's what Jesus talked about. The Pharisees, that they desired the praise of men more than the praise of God. So there's always a continual moment of me before God surveying the matters of my heart. Have I taken on the cares of the world? Have I been led astray through the desire for other things? It's so easy to say my sole desire is God. I live for Jesus. In your quiet moment, in your quiet moment before God, your desire will come up. You know what you want. We all know what our desires are and we have the good Holy Spirit to navigate that and to really bring forth a refocus that really in Christ is all. That He, God, did not spare His only Son but gave Him up for us all and together with the Son He has given us everything. Everything that you would ever desire is found in him. How? Because he's a living reality. He's not the Jesus of the Sunday school little textbook. He is God eternal. The Word made flesh. The one that resurrected from the dead, Christ, the Messiah, the one that was foretold by Isaiah. Though he'll be marred beyond recognition for you and for me, so we be seen by God, being in the very presence of God, wide open, no shame, no to-do list, but to enter into this rest, which is now the way God is now. God was not just yesterday. He is right now, and he'll be tomorrow. But as for you and I, we are always in a now moment. Always in a now moment. Always in a now moment. Now faith is. I wanted to look up that word, that the word did not profit them in Hebrews 4, 2. In the Strong's, the Greek word profit. I'll read that verse in the Strong's. For we also received the good news. This is good news, by the way. This is good news. Good news. We can smile. Smile, Desi. Good news. Just as they did. But, look at the but. But, in that word is except. However, however, there was a fork in the road. It says, another one is. Contrary wise. So it was going this way, but it veered off. But the message, this message of good news that they heard, it's, it, it uh, they heard this word is the Greek one eight nine. It's hearing faculty of hearing ear, report, rumor. And so it's what you're hearing. It's what you're hearing. Not so much what you're hearing inside is, is also the preached message of the word because as it was preached to them, So there's still need and value of the preaching of the word of God. Because that's how faith comes in through the hearing of the word of God that really becomes a supernatural hearing as you're hearing, as you're hearing the preachers speak and the teachers speak, the Holy Spirit is giving a supernatural hearing. So that which they heard on the outer ear has had no value to them since they did not share the fate of those who comprehended. All right. So let's, they didn't share the fate of those who comprehended, of those who understood the message, of those who got it. And let's go to that they, it was of no value. So here that my, my Bible says that it did not profit them. The Greek word is of no value. It's five, six, two, three. It was of no help to them. It was of no benefit to them. It did them no good. It did them no good. The word of God did them no good. And you know, you actually, if you've been long enough in in Christian circles, they're like, yeah, uh, don't bring the Bible to me again. The Bible, I tried it. It didn't do me any good. Well, now you know why. Why you know why? There was no comprehension. Why was there no comprehension? Because there was no hearing of faith. There was no hearing of faith. There was no tuning in to the the voice of the Holy Spirit through the preacher that preached the message. And so we never, ever go to hear with the outer ear. It will come through the outer ear, but it's to situate itself in the very core. Is it cardio In my heart. In my heart. Where faith resides. Faith is of the heart. And faith starts producing after the seed that was planted, after its own kind after its own kind. So when we're hearing and when we're receiving with our heart, the heart of faith, the heart of believing, faith knows what to do. It mixes, it turns over the soil. It realizes and readjusts and new growth happens. And that's how we get, become transformed from glory to glory. So if there's no right hearing, if there's no right hearing, it's not profiting you. And then you be into like, one day I'm going to find the rest of God. One day, maybe. Maybe I got to work for six days. My seven days coming. No. Jesus is the Sabbath day rest of God. We have now entered into him. We now abide in him. And isn't that what he says? Unless his word abides in us and us in the word will bear no fruit. Again, back to being unfruitful. How to abide through the hearing of faith so that it will profit us, the word that we hear would profit us. Let's just jump. I did not anticipate spend so much time on, on four, two, but that's okay. Ver, let's go to verse six. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it and those to whom it was first preached did not enter, To those who was first preached, they did not enter because of disobedience. And isn't that amazing? Like what I said of the obstacles that that are there, that we have placed there through the cares of the world, the desire of other things or the deceitfulness of riches or even keeping up a reputation. that That when you yield to those, that's disobedience. That is disobedience. Whatever is holding you back, whatever is stiffening your neck or callousing your heart, if we just uh, uh, go a chapter before in chapter 3, chapter 3, verse 12, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, in departing from truth, in departing from his voice. But exhort one another daily now. We do it now. Wow, it's cold today. Faith is now. Rest is now. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And we gave some examples of deceitfulness of sin, right? Taking on the cares of the world, believing a lie. Verse 14, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning. Of our confidence, steadfast to the end. Endurance is required. And isn't that what he says in in um, in verse six? Just a little bit up above it. In verse six, the tail end of six, he said that we are now God. We are we are God's house, whose house we are. If we if we have actually circled if if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope. Firm to the end. So once we hear, once we receive, and we have heard right, now there is a growth that's happening within us. Now we are in this place of rest, and don't let a false fire, another care distract you and that you prematurely eject out of it. Hold on to the very end. Stand firm to the very end. In that chapter 3, verse 6, actually there's a key. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing, you know we have confidence when there is a joy. You know you believe in God when it makes you happy. In some trying times, the the joy will bubble up in me and I'll start just this, this, this happy moment. It's because I believe a reality that is of God. I believe that which is written because now it has become living within me. Back to chapter four now, verse six here about them not entering because of disobedience, verse seven. Again, he does, this is God designated a certain day. Look at the name he gave that day. Designated a certain day saying in David, today, today, God's day is today. God's day is today. Now, today, After such a long time as it has been said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Do you know you always are in a today? Which means there's no excuse. You always are in a today. You always are in now. And in this now, in this today, hear his voice. Hear his voice and do not harden your heart. It goes exactly, it really parallels verse 1 that we just read in that chapter where he says, now there's a promise remaining of rest, but be careful lest you don't enter it. And so he says, hear his voice, don't harden your heart. His promise remains of rest, don't harden your heart. How did he say it in verse 1 of that chapter? Let us fear, lest any of you seem to come short of it. The way we come short of it is by hardening our hearts. By hearing the lies that we have been trained to listen to within. And that's what I believe that the Lord is doing, is dismantling every structure. Every structure that did not carry the voice of God. He's fine-tuning us, the body of Christ. He's lining us today today. Today with his voice. And so in verse 9, there remains, therefore, there remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. Are you a child of God? Yes. Now there is a a rest that's been given to us. For he who has entered his rest, he who has entered his rest, we now found out how we enter his rest by believing that which he says to us. How simple is it? By believing God. As a little child without the buts, without the ifs. Childlike faith. Childlike faith. If God said, it's how it's going to be. Yeah, I got to wait maybe a little bit. Because things are coming in line to line me up with his moment. But if he said it, it will be. It will be, it will be, it will be. He who has entered his rest has himself also seized, has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Do you know what rest looks like? The definition of rest is right here. ceased from his works. What is rest? I've ceased from the struggle? <laughs> I've gotta mix it with faith, faith I gotta mix it. No, no. Root out the doubt. No, no. Get still and know that He is God. Rest is having ceased. From your own works as God did from his. Look at that. Who is your example? God had to cease from his. Think about it. He's not having you do something he didn't have to do. He is Mr. Perfection God. And he's in his Mr. Perfection God. He, in that perfection, when he called it good, it was good. And he ceased from his labor. When you call your life good, that's when you enter into the rest of God. When you stop seeing something else you can fix. When you stop running after something else to add to yourself. When you stop running after the riches of the world. When you stop after caring of those things of the world. You at that moment are calling your life good. My life is good. Christ is my life that's why I can have a confidence to say my life is good how is your life? Jesus is my life And this is not just a vain repetition. This is not a pretense. This is my reality. Yes, I'll be found in the press every day. I'm to pick up that cross and bear that cross by reckoning the old man dead. I'm like, no, Desi, you, where God's concerned, do not exist, Desi. It's Christ in you. Christ in you. He is my rest. He is my hope. He is my life. He is the very word of God that I, I partake of daily. And yes, I meditate. I sit. And I eat, I eat, I'm convincing my outer man. The issue is not your inner man. Your inner man is born again. The outer man needs the conviction. The outer man needs the, sorry, the, the persuasion, the, the lining up. The outer man, you, your mind, your will, your emotions, and those are only sanctified and lined up through it is written that places you in this place of rest so you can today hear his voice. For these are days of rest. They're not days of clamor and uproar and turmoil, but these are days of rest. These are my days, says the Lord. These are my days. These are rest days. These are rest days. These are rest days. Have a God day. is a day of rest. I'll do two more verses. Peter. 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 The, the one who was such a good wrestler. The one who knew how to wield a sword and cut off people's ears. Peter. That one. That one. Peter. Look what he wrote in in First Peter. I'm actually going for verse 9, but I'll start with 6 just for context. This is really what I'm talking about, that there is the press of faith and the rest of faith. (laughs) This is an example. In this you greatly rejoice. Though now, for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. There's always a stretching on the outer man because you have to, at some point, realize I'm a dead man walking. <laughs> and I, I, there's something stubborn about the flesh; just doesn't want to die. But but these various trials are very good to bring forth the message. Only Christ can take you through now. Only Christ can take you through now. So. If need be you have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith, that the gen, the purity, the 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 unswervingness, the the unfaintedness, the, the 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 strength of your faith, the purity of your faith being much more precious than gold. That that purity of faith is what makes the word work. That purity of faith knows how to engage the hearing that purity of faith that we really has a hearing of its own, the hearing of faith, the eyes of faith, Christ in me the hope of glory, faith. so the purity of your faith. The generous of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes. So gold perishes, but faith abides forever, because faith is born out of the word of God, which abides forever. Right. So they say, though it is so, this faith, though it is tested by fire, tested by fire. There's no missing words. There's no missing words here. That this this faith, this pure faith, will be tried by fire because we will prove there is a proving process there will not be another 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 lucifer in heaven no he's been cast out forever And so here now, we're proving godly character. Here now, in this formation of transformation of Christ within, here now, there's a work of glory that's being produced, and it looks like the trying of my faith. A proving. Why? Why? so that it may be found to praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This proving, this trying of your faith. You know, we like to say, God, I want to give you all the praise. I honor you with my life. I tell you what that looks like. A lot of proving. as through by fire. Because only faith, not lip service, not lip service. Only faith, a true heart persuasion. Now faith is which looks like rest. I've ceased, I've ceased from my works, I've ceased from my manly, my labor, the fleshy labor. So so this pure faith, when tested, and it would withstand would all. That's why he says, after you stood, you keep standing. Faith stands. Faith withstands. Faith is hero within us. The ultimate conquest, more than conquest, this living, abiding reality of Jesus in me. Jesus in me. So it will be found to praise, honor, and glory of the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love having not seen, because faith is of the unseen, having not seen your love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, yet believing, yet believing. The Israelites kept wanting to go back to Egypt to see the melons, to see the leeks, to see, really, the whips of of the masters of Egypt, to see bondage. Isn't that amazing? Flesh wants to see bondage. Something about carnal nature, so fallen, wants to be in bondage and actually thrives in bondage. It's called pity, pity me, pity me. Let me tell you how bad it's for me. Yeah, in the flesh, you sow into that flesh, out of the flesh you will reap corruption. So don't tell me the corruption that you've been. I know it can sound pretty strong. Don't tell me the corruption you have have reaped. Now, we do live in the fallen world, but we can start somewhere and make a shift, make a shift of a mindset that from this moment on, I am to be found in life alone. From this moment on, I do one thing is purge the old mindset by putting on the mind of Christ, by putting on that which is written, by putting on the very thoughts of God. And that word knows exactly what to do because faith is within you to produce and to be of value to you. So then we, let's do that till end of eight. Though now you do not see him yet believing, you rejoice again, joy. You rejoice with joy, inexpressible. It's inexplainable how we can have such joy in some tough situations. Joy inexpressible and full of glory. And this is it, verse 9. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I really came to read just that one line. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. And so I'm tying it to Hebrews 4, right? Now rest is the end of my faith is when I have come into this place of rest and my soul has been stilled because my ultimate knows that God is God. And I can call it good. My life is good. That's what rest looks like. And that comes with the workings of faith. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Souls are right, the deliverance of your mind. Healing is in it. To to, to to your your memory banks. What was your soul? Your mind, your will, restoration of your will to desire God's word. And your emotions. A healing to your emotions. And so now, let's put our eyes on four, what we read, and then we're going to go to John 6 and we'll finish with that. So what we read in verse 2, Hebrews 4, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Rest was available to them. That's what the context here is. This promise that remained was a promise to enter his rest, right? So what was preached to them through the messages of the prophets, God is for you, trust him. Enter his rest. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So we looked at that word, profit, that it, it, it had no value. It had no value. The Greek word is the Strong's five six two three, and that was help, benefit, to do good. To be useful. So the word of God was not useful to them. Do you know where else this word was used? This Greek word 5623 in John 663. <laughs> this is the words of Jesus. And this is to do with the spirit life of the word of God. It is the Spirit who gives life. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. That's the word. The flesh profits nothing. The the um, strong concordance of that word reads, The Spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I've spoken to you are Spirit and they are life. So you know what happened? They did not receive the life of the word of God. They only heard the message to a carnal ear. It did not profit them. Actually, I like the New Living Translation of this this verse. The spirit alone gives eternal life. And look how he's qualifying his spirit now. Human effort accomplishes nothing. So obviously the Spirit of God is not human effort. The Spirit of God is not human effort. (laughs) The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I've spoken to you are spirit and they are life. The NIV says that, the, the the words I've spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit. They are full of the Spirit and of life. They are full of the Spirit and of life. The ESV says that the flesh is no help at all. That's the word. It profits nothing. So what is profiting us is the word of God. And so if there's no profiting to them, to your life or benefit from that which you hear, it's time to check your hearing. Have you reverted back to the flesh? Like Paul tells the Galatians, don't be bewitched. Don't revert back to flesh. Don't go back to human effort, but stay in that place of trust and he'll navigate you, what you do versus what you don't do. He alone is your master and you're accountable to him. And so now rest is and we are done for this wonderful day. Amen.